Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Michelle, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Copper Mountain Mining Corporation first quarter 2021 earnings conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to avoid any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Please note that comments made today that are non of not of a historical factor factual nature may contain forward-looking statements. This information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties that may cause the stated outcome to differ materially from actual outcomes. Please refer to slide two of today's presentation and Copper Mountain's first quarter 2021 management's discussion and analysis for more information. I will now turn the call over to Gil Clausen, President and CEO of Copper Mountain. Please go ahead. Thanks, operator. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Starting on slide three, as you can see, I have with me Rod Shire, our Chief Financial Officer, and Don Strickland, Copper Mountain's Chief Operating Officer. I'll begin by providing a brief update and summary of the quarter. Rod will speak to our financial results, followed by Rod, who will provide a more, sorry, Don rather, who will provide a more detailed discussion on our operation and EHG, ESG initiatives, pardon me. I will conclude with a, an exploration update and our outlook, then I'll open the call to questions. Turning to slide four, we started the year in a strong position, posting quarterly uh, record production for the second quarter in a row. We also achieved record quarterly C1 cash cost, revenue, and gross profit. All of our other financial metrics also increased significantly in the first quarter year over year. Grade was the main driver of our production performance as we mined a higher proportion of ore from phase three of the main pit, which has higher grade. We um, increase ore tonnage from phase two in the second quarter, which has lower grade, but it also has a lower cost per ton as the ore and waste cycle times are much shorter. Don will get into that uh, in more detail and he'll talk about our development and uh, mine sequencing plan. As a result of our strong production in the first quarter, we expect to achieve the upper half of our production guidance range of 85 to 95 million pounds of copper uh, this year. Notably, subsequent to the quarter end, we closed a US $250 million bond financing, which is game changing for Copper Mountain. Not only does this simplify our debt structure, but this financing eliminates the current debt and its restrictive cash waterfall. It allows us to access 100% of the mine's consolidated net cash flow, giving us the flexibility to invest in our growth projects at the company's discretion. 
I'll now turn the call over to Rod, who will go over um, more detail on our financial results. Thank you, Gil. Turning to slide six, as noted by Gil, the mine had an extremely strong first quarter that included record sales of 27.5 million pounds of copper, a little over 8,500 ounces of gold, and 162,000 ounces of silver. Revenue for the first quarter was a record 162 million, net of pricing adjustments and treatment charges. This was based on an average copper price of US 390 per pound copper as compared to US 258 per pound copper for Q1 2020. Revenue was up over 300% as compared to Q1 2020, mainly due to the higher sales volume and metal prices realized in Q1 2021. Cost of sales in Q1 2021 was 65.9 million, relatively flat compared to 64.5 million in Q1 2020. Q1 2021 cost of sales was net of $8 million of deferred stripping charges, while Q1-2020's deferred stripping was $7.4 million. So very consistent quarters from a total sales cost point of view. But from a unit cost point of view, Q1-2020 was significantly lower because of the additional 10 million pounds of copper sold in Q1-2021 as compared to Q1-2020. With record revenue, and consistent sales costs in Q1 2021, we posted record gross profit of $96.3 million as compared to a gross loss of $14.9 million for Q1 2020. Turning to slide 7. Net income for the quarter was $52.1 million, or earnings of $0.18 cents per share, as compared to a net loss of $43.5 million or a loss of $0.17 cents per share for Q1 2020 during the start of the pandemic. For the non-GAAP performance measures, the company recorded EBITDA of $96 million for Q1 2021 as compared to 39.7 in Q1 2020. We also generated significant cash flow in Q1 2021 with cash flow from operations of $79.6 million which bolstered our quarter-ending cash position to a record $137 million, almost a four-fold increase from the ending cash position of Q1 2020. Turning to slide 8. Subsequent to the end of the quarter, we announced a U.S. $250 million bond financing, from which the proceeds will be used to repay all of the company's existing debt. This was very much a strategic financing and the first step in a well-thought-out plan to fund the organic growth projects of the company. This first step allows the company to retire all of the restrictive debt of the Copper Mountain Mine and access 100% of the excess cash flow, as noted by Gill. As part of this financial plan, the company is engaged in Endeavor Financial to assist in obtaining traditional project for the EVA Copper Project. While the company has not made a production decision at this time, we are positioning the company to be in a very strong position by the fall to allow the company's board to make a potential production decision at that time. Also after the end of the quarter, the company purchased copper puts with a 375 floor for approximately 50% of our production for the period May through December 2021. 
This was done in order to protect our cash flows and maintain a very strong cash position. With the recent upward moves in the copper price, we viewed this as inexpensive insurance that protects our cash flows and only adds about 2.9 cents per pound to our forecasted 2021 all-in costs. More importantly, 100% of our production remains open to the upside. In summary, this has been a record-breaking quarter for us, and we are very excited about the future. I will now pass the call over to Don to review our operational results. Thanks, Rock. <clears throat> Starting on slide number 10, as, as Gil and Rod have stated, the mine achieved another record quarter. We continue to advance phase number three of the mine plan, which provided higher grade mill feed. Approximately 79% of the ore supply was from phase number three during the quarter, with the remainder from phase number two. The phase number three higher grade is the basis of the higher production and is planned to be the main ore supply for the remainder of the year. Phase number three will continue to provide supplemental mill feed for the remainder of the year at a slightly higher percentage than Q1 and moderate the mill feed grade a little more than Q1. 4.2 million tons of waste was moved from phase number four during the quarter, accounting for 35% of waste movement. Phase number four will provide about 10% of the mill feed in 2021, weighted towards the second half of the year, and will be the main ore supply in 2022. 2.2 million tons of waste was moved as part of the one kilometer trolley ramp construction. This will provide a straight haulage ramp from the bottom of the main pit to the primary crusher for the next 15 to 20 years of the mine life. This haulage ramp modification will improve mine efficiency and operating costs outside of the trolley project, which I'll we'll discuss in more detail later. Overall, the mine operation delivered a great quarter executing the long-term mine plan. Turning to slide number 11, the mill delivered record production during the quarter, producing 25.5 million pounds of copper. This is 10% above the record production achieved in the last quarter, which continues to demonstrate the strength and flexibility in our production plan. We did slow the mill down at times during the quarter while processing very high-grade ore. To focus on recovery and balance mill tonnage with copper concentrate filtering capacity. The team pushed the concentrate filtering production to record levels and continued to make minor, minor adjustments in the flotation circuit to achieve the production level. Our longer-term plan, as outlined in our 65,000 tons per day pre-feasibility study, includes installing an upgrade concentrate thickener and installing an additional concentrate filter press. The concentrate thickener upgrade is planned this year and is well advanced. It, it will be commissioned in early Q3. We are also advancing engineering design for installation of the second concentrate filter press. This will allow the mill to run higher mill tonnage rates without overloading the concentrate handling area when processing higher grade ore. Turning to slide number 12. The mill expansion to 45,000 tons per day, which includes the installation of a third ball mill, continues on schedule for commissioning in Q3. As previously stated, the installation of ball mill number three will increase mill tonnage and achieve a finer grind to also improve overall metal recovery. During the quarter, the ball mill foundation area was excavated to bedrock, lean concrete, and the mill raft slab foundation has been poured. One of the mill bearing pedestals has been poured 
and the second mill built bearing pedestal is being prepared for pouring. Construction activities continue to progress well. It is important to note the mill is already on site and ready for installation. Turning to slide number 13, we continue to pursue technology advancements. We believe we have an advantage with our team's ability to work with suppliers to test and advance new technologies. We continue to work closely with the BC company MindSense on both their ShovelSense technology and now BeltSense technology. These technologies use XRF to measure ore grades in the shovel bucket and on conveyor belts. The picture on this slide is, is for shovel number three, which was the first hydraulic excavator in the world to test shovel sense. We spent over a year field trialing shovel sense prior to starting commercial production approximately one year ago. Since that time, we've installed shovel sense on two additional loading units and plan to install shovel sense on the remaining two loading units this year. We are using this technology to recover high grade ore from waste big packets and reject non-economic ore from high grade dig packets. We are presently recovering approximately 4% more high-grade ore from waste and rejecting approximately 1% of non-economic ore from mill feed. These numbers are expected to increase with installation of shovel sense on all the loading units. We are now working with MindSense to install their first belt sense units to measure ore grade discharging the primary pressure and entering the mill. The objective is to achieve proactive mill control based on what is entering the mill rather than reactive control based on actual performance. The belt sense analysis will allow us to, may allow us to increase mill tonnage and recovery. We look forward to advancing this trial. Turning to slide number 14, our, trial assist, our trolley assist trial is another example of our team's ability to partner with suppliers to advance new technology. We have a group of quality suppliers and technology partners that are working together to make trolley assist successful. Copper Mountain will continue to partner to develop the, the next evolution of haul truck GHG reductions, including battery, fuel cell, and hydrogen technology to achieve our, our goal of net zero emissions by 2035. Our trolley assist trial is advancing with ramp construction discussed earlier. This slide provides a couple of screenshots from an animation video we're producing to visualize this project. The bottom picture on this slide shows the one kilometer straight trolley ramp running from the bottom of the main pit to the primary crusher, which will support haulage of all the ore from the main pit over the next several years, followed by all the ore from the New Ingerbell pit. A trolley system expansion is planned from the New Ingerbell pit to connect into this trolley section to complete the ore haul from New Ingerbell to the primary crusher. The picture on the right of this slide shows a haul truck connected to the trolley power line while traveling loaded on ramp. Each haul truck operating on trolley assist will replace over 400 liters per hour of diesel or greater than one ton of CO2 per hour. We are on schedule to commission this project in late 2021 and look forward to using this knowledge to expand the application of this technology to further reduce our GHG intensity. Turning to slide number 15, we continue to move forward with our GHG reduction objective. We achieved a 23% reduction in GHG intensity in 2020 compared to 2019. We reduced from 3 to 2.3 tons of CO2 equivalent per ton of copper equivalent produced. We target to continue to reduce our carbon intensity in 2021 as we commission Ball Malt 3 and trolley assist later this year. 
These projects will provide four-year reduction impacts in 2022. We are also quickly advancing studies on further mining electrification, renewable diesel, and progressive reclamation offsets as the next GHG intensity reduction steps. We're making significant positive progress towards our goal of zero GHGs by 2035. I now turn the call back to Gil. Hey, thanks, Don. In in addition to the projects we are advancing, we're also investing heavily in the ground. So um, please turn to slide 17. Uh, We've commenced drill programs both in BC at the Copper Mountain Mine and in the Mount Isa region of Queensland, Australia. In BC, our drill program for the year features approximately 20,000 meters of diamond drilling. They're focused mainly on expanding reserves and resources at New Ingerbell and the Copper Mountain North Pit. Both deposits have a significant inferred resource beyond our current pit bottoms, and we intend to drill and upgrade these resources and explore for extensions of our deposits. Turning to slide 18, in Australia, we have mobilized the exploration team and have commenced a regional exploration program focused on what we've named the Cameron Copper Project. Um, the um, Cameron uh, Project is located about 40 kilometers south of our EVA development. And it is um, it has a number of high uh, potential copper gold targets. As you can see on slide 19, there's a 50 kilometer long copper anomaly all the way down from Eva in the north down to Cameron. We've identified targets based on historic drilling, geochem and soil sampling and geophysical testing. We're cautiously optimistic about Cameron's potential. This uh, drilling program is designed to test our geological models and if successful, Um, will lead to investment in further drilling. Our strategic goal is to find our next potential mine development project on our existing land position in the Mount Isa region. So um, stay tuned for results. In slide uh, 20, we're looking forward uh, into 2021. There are some major milestones ahead. As mentioned, uh, exploration results for both Copper Mountain and Australia throughout the year. As Don mentioned, the Ball Mill 3 installation continues on track for commissioning in the third quarter. We're also continuing to move our EVA Copper project forward. Our development plan is to complete project financing in early fourth quarter of this year while we advanced detailed engineering to complete a final construction estimate. As uh, previously announced, Endeavor Financial has been engaged to to assist our project finance team in completing a financing package that we will be taking to our board for consideration in the fourth quarter. The board's um, expected to make a construction decision on EVA by year end. We're um, reaffirming our 2021 production and AIC guidance, although we do expect to be in the upper half of the range for production. We expect grade to moderate for the rest of the year uh, with the completion of the third ball mill and its associated increase in throughput and recovery 
the fourth quarter is forecasted uh, to help us close out the year solidly. AIC in the first quarter was very good, uh, just below the low end of cost guidance. We expect good costs for the balance of the year. However, we're currently comfortable with our AIC guidance range, and uh, as is our normal practice, we'll continue to assess our cost and production guidance range each quarter. This year is an exciting year for Copper Mountain. We are advancing our organic growth plans. We started the year with a quarter that delivered a healthy cash balance and strong financial and operating results. Operations continue to come in on plan and as we are de-risking and advancing our growth objectives, we're well positioned to achieve our vision to triple copper production from 2020 production levels within five years. Which brings us to conclude on the final slide, slide 21. And uh, with that, I'd like to open up the call for questions. At this time, if anybody would like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. Again, that would be star one on your telephone keypad. Your first question comes from Arrest Wokuda from Scotiabank. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Uh, Jill, I think previously Hi. you had talked about um, concluding sort of a strategic review on EVA by the second quarter, uh, i.e. whether you plan to proceed alone or with a partner. Is that, can you give us an update there? And, and you know, you, it, it sounds like perhaps um, you're now leaning towards go it alone. Uh, is that the right way to interpret this? Well, you know, I guess we, we've been somewhat purposefully vague, but I would suggest that uh, both management and the board are quite excited about our our growth potential within the company. There's, um, you know, the I think the the financing we did in terms of the bond restructuring was a significant one in order to be able to give us the uh, flexibility to be able to execute on our growth initiatives um, on our own. I, I wouldn't say we've 100% ruled out other opportunities that that may come our way, but this certainly um, development of EVA is our preferred alternative. And um, as we mentioned in the call, Oris, we're you know we're we're actively engaged in in putting together a a, a project in our traditional uh, non-recourse type project financing for EVA. And now with this financing that we concluded in the first quarter, we have the ability to fund the equity with cash from operations. So, so um, you know, a construction decision will be uh, made in the fourth quarter and uh, on our base case, and we will, um, we will be giving more clarity to the market on that at that time. I would say that the capital cost, the final capital cost estimate and the project financing are gonna be important items for the board to consider and the, um, the detailed engineering that we're engaged in right now is really just tying down that that um, detail on the on the capital so that we can inform you know the financing numbers um, for the project financing and also um, the the uh, the timing uh, for cash flows uh, over the next couple of years. Thanks, Gil. And just as a follow-up, um, at this, I realize the work's still ongoing, but are you seeing inflation on the capital estimate for EVA at this point? 
you know, we're seeing a little bit, but not nothing significant. There's that the, you're seeing some in concrete and a little bit in steel. Actually, um, domestically sourced material in Australia, it's typically uh, cheaper to get Asian sourced steel, for instance, into the Australian market. But domestic steel is actually uh, lower cost, and so you know, although we're seeing some pricing pressures, it's not hugely material. I mean, the the biggest impact will just be the exchange rate differences that we had from the time we did the feasibility study to to date. But you know, we're still looking at a project financing that's that's in you know, I think we've guided somewhere in the four to four hundred and fifty million. It might be four hundred and twenty to four hundred and seventy million in terms of of what we're we're thinking about in terms of a project. But we'll know better when we get the detailed estimate done. Thanks, Gil. And just a, a quick um, clarification uh, for Rod. Just on the Copper Mountain mine, um, you're, I think you spent $9 million on deferred stripping Q1. Um, I think that was the annual guidance, so the previous annual guidance. Does that just suggest that you're going to be expensing uh, all stripping for the rest of this year? Um, no, or you know, unfortunately, um, this is a requirement under IFRS. It's not a, a company choice or option. Uh, and as we've mentioned before, you know, our, our strip ratio in the main pit is 2.25, and if we pop our head above that, we have to normalize that. So we're, we're, we're still guiding, we're guiding still in that 10 to 15 million U.S. Uh, deferred costs uh, for the year, including Q1. Okay. Thanks, Rod. And your next question will come from Bryce Adams from CIBC. Your line is open. Uh, good morning, all. Thanks for taking my questions. I have three of them. Uh, first one is on copper recoveries. On the current mine plan uh, from here through to year end, what recoveries are you projecting and are they stable in and around the Q1 level? Um, Don, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, yeah, we're, we're certainly uh, expecting the recoveries to uh, uh, remain for the next couple quarters until we commission ball melt three, and then uh, we'll be seeing an improvement in recovery as we uh, commission ball melt three at the end of Q3. Yep, okay. Uh, the second question is on uh, copper puts that were subsequent to Q1. What's the go forward strategy for, for that program, and can you comment on the expense uh, to put on the current puts? Um, I think as Don alluded to, or Rod alluded to rather, that we had um, a cost of about 2.9 cents per pound impact on putting those puts in place. So, you know, we view this thing, we view putting on the puts as uh, equivalent to buying insurance where we're, we uh, we set a floor for the copper price at 375 by acquiring these puts. Uh, we don't anticipate the copper price to drop <laughs> to this to this level, but we view it as a as prudent insurance as we will be generating some significant cash flows and we want to be able to protect those cash flows to advance our growth plans. I think those costs are quite reasonable and uh, we would probably consider um, extending this program as we move um, through the year. It's, uh, it's, um, it's a, a decision that we discuss with our board when we when we look at risk mitigation, whether it's on the revenue side or risk mitigation anywhere else in our business. Okay, yeah, thanks, and apologies, I missed that 2.9 cents uh, data point. Last question maybe expands on one of Oris. Uh, the strip ratio of 3.5 in Q1, 
you know, that's up over the recent periods. Is that opportunistic uh, given the higher grade and then the concentrate production volumes? If yes to opportunistic uh, stripping, do you expect that to reduce through the year as, as the grades normalize? A lot of the stripping, as Don was saying, was associated with starting um, phase four of the next pushback of the of the main Copper Mountain main pit. And we moved, um, sometimes we do, in the past we've done some grade optimization. You'll see some stockpiling of low grade. So we're mining more ore um, and, you know, and we're still advancing our development plans. Our stripping ratios may be a little lower. This quarter with the higher grades, we weren't, you know, we weren't, we we're basically milling everything that we, we produced and we are in fact stockpiling some high grades. So we weren't really, you know, um, significantly increasing the low, low grade stockpile. So we mine a little less ore than we normally would. That's another reason why the stripping ratio was a little higher, but the tons of waste moved in the period is, was right on plan. So we just, we mined a little less ore because the grade was, was high and we milled, we milled more of what we mined. So I, I guess that's a long answer to a short question, but you know I would anticipate that our development plans for um, the phase four pushback and stripping in the rest of the year is going to be you know on on plan on target. Okay, thanks a lot. That's it for me. I'll jump back in the queue. Cheers. All right, Bryce. Thanks. Your next question will come from George Topping from Industrial Alliance. Your line is open. Great, thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, see, Gil, on the Cameron Copper historical drilling there, can you give us uh, some more colour on kind of grades were you seeing, uh, thicknesses, depth, that sort of thing? And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll follow up after that. Yeah, you know, there's actually a slide on our website on 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 Cameron that shows some of the drill results. They're all they're all very shallow, but they're they're typically there have been some 20, 30, 40, 50 meters of, you know, one, two and a half percent copper and in, in some shallow RC drilling on surface in some areas. Um, most of the work that we have of any of any size there, George, in, in that deposit area is a result of the surface geochem work that we're doing. I mean, it's not drilling results, but the surface geochem and the geophysical work that, that we have there that's provided these outstanding targets. And I think it's important to note that if you looked at our existing um, exploration, our existing pro, um, mine development at EVA, and you overlaid the geochem footprint, the geochem surface footprint on the, on the ultimate um, resource, it's almost a 100% match. So these deposits express themselves on surface and it's easy to pick, pick up the signature of the deposit from the geochem work and the intensity of the geochem analysis on surfaces is representative of typically of, of the results that we've had in exploration. So we've got these very large geochem signatures and geophysical markers uh, on the camera deposit, but the drilling to date has been pretty shallow RC drilling. But you know, if you go to the website, you can see some of the drill intersections there. We're we're excited about this. We're we're going to test a few of our concepts on here, and obviously, if we get you know good results there, we're gonna we're going to invest more heavily in in uh, the drilling program at at uh, Cameron. Right. The um, 
you know, has it ever been permitted or any uh, any issues that you might see if if you do find something that could uh, delay that? And is the the delay, well, not delay, but the time taken for the decision at year end on EVA, is that in some part related to wanting to see the results from camera? No, no, they're they're really actually we we kind of view these as separate. You're starting to get a little bit of a far distance. Um, uh, you know, uh, to EVA. Now, if we have something of significance there, we'll have a choice. Do we put another concentrator in operation there? Do we do we take transport or transportation costs and and enlarge what we have at EVA? But you know, I think our view here is that you know we'd be looking for you know another mine, and that EVA. Eva is going to do that. We're going to be doing more drilling at Eva. That that's going to be kind of like Copper Mountain, where you know we build a mine. It has a good mine life. Um, we invest in drilling. We and we we set it up so that it's expandable in the future. And and uh, you know I, I think uh, with Cameron we we cut, we view this today as it potentially being another operation. The permitting with respect to Eva, we're it's. You know the the project is 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 um, is um, development ready, and what we're doing is um, really spending the time now on advancing the engineering so that we can get that definitive capital estimate. Yeah, and uh, for Cameron, there's there's no, nothing to inhibit uh, a similar type of permitting, you would say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, we would. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. If we if we do, if we're successful with our exploration at Cameron, it's going to be um, it's going to be assessed independently. Okay, that's great. I'll uh, I'll pass it on, Operator. Thanks, George. Again, if anybody else would like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from Stefan Ayanu from Cormac Securities. Your line is open. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Great to see the quarter. Just just wondering on the, the production decision for EVA later this year, um, the detailed engineering in the interim, is there any sort of heavy lifting field work that still needs to be done for that, or is it more just a, an exercise of sort of crossing the T's and dotting the I's now? Yeah, it's it's really getting a de- the definition on, you know, we've you know, you're advancing your engineering so that you can you can get the engineering advanced to the point where you can get um, some, um, you know, you can get these large scopes of work, whether they're the earthworks or other elements, foundation work, um, and, you know, bulk commodity estimates refined. And, you know, our whole goal here is to do a project that is um, an EPCM um, overlay on top of large elements of scope that are well defined so that you can get some firm pricing on on various large elements of scope and the first order of business that we're doing is that we're engaging an EPCM con- contractor we'll be doing the procurement we have an integrated team with our management team we have a lot of project management experience in our company and uh, experience on project execution plans and, and protocols. And uh, so we'll, we'll have an integrated uh, EPCM team managing this. So you've got to get the engineering advanced to, we'd like to see the engineering to almost 80% engineered 
uh, before we hit the field. And, and at that, when you do that, you eliminate project execution risk and, and uh, cost risk and your, your opportunity, your chance to be able to bring in your project on budget and on schedule is, is very high. So that's our you know, philosophy of project development. So this is really what we're doing. We're, in the, we're moving into the detailed engineering phase here right now. So we're pre-investing on that. I, I guess you could you could put it that way. Uh, okay. Stefan. Okay, great. And then maybe just a just a general curiosity: the the shovel sense technology. So is that just is that some sort of XRF sensor in the shovel that just is basically reading the face that it's about to dig into, or what it's actually scooped up? How does that actually work? It's pretty cool technology. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this over to Don again, but we're you know we've been working on this for for a couple of years, three years almost now, and. We're really excited about it. Yeah, it actually measures the grade in the bucket so that when you're loading a shovel and it's pulling the bucket through the face, you get a grade. The shovel operator sees the graded material that's in that bucket and, and it, it accumulates the grade, the average grade that's in that truck. And sometimes when you're mining a large waste blast or something like that, we'll have pockets of ore in there that you'd never be able to separate out normally. Mm -hmm. Now we can identify that as ore with this technology and it'll get flagged and sent to the crusher. And so um, we've been having very good results with it. And we're excited about that technology, which works really, really well in our operation. But I'll let, I'll let Don talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, great. I, I think Gil covered the majority of it there, but it, it really does uh, measure uh, um, you know, what's coming into the bucket on a bucket basis. And then we're able to, as Gil says, uh, to actually take the average uh, grade of the truck and divert the truck based on the grade of the truck. And uh, so that's actually incorporated now into our, our uh, dispatch system, uh, automatically uh, incorporated into our dispatch system to uh, direct the truck to, to the crusher or to the waste dump. So it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty tough application. And that's why we spent a lot of time working with mine dumps to, to make it robust and make it uh, uh, get a good measurement. And uh, you know now we're we're quite excited by it, and and as we change the shovel buckets out uh, this year on our remaining diggers, we'll uh, we'll put those uh, uh, shovel sense uh, technology on those those units. So it's, it it is quite quite exciting, and and it creates a lot of opportunities for us uh, uh, as we look for um, you know uh, certainly putting on belt sense and uh, understanding what's coming into the mill, not only on copper but the additional elements that it reads um, may give us some. Uh, opportunity to uh, you know advance or increase tonnage for recovery so it's exciting okay great great sort of star trek meets mining that's great thanks very much guys hey pleasure thanks Stefan. i have no further questions thank you at this time i turn the call back over to close presenters for closing remarks hey thanks everyone for joining us today um Everybody have a great day and stay healthy and safe and um we'll we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you everyone. This will conclude today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Connect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.